Sheffield and Company, live from NBA Summer League at the Thomas and Mac. It is back here, NBA Summer League. Heat, big rally. It's 50-49. It's uh, Bryce Hamilton out there putting in some work for the Heat, I believe, as a, as a part of this little comeback for uh, for Miami. And it uh, could be a back-and-forth game. We'll keep you updated on that as day goes along, for those that care. Again, the big games tonight, NBA Championship rematch with the uh, Warriors and Celtics, also Lakers-Clippers, the annual tradition here at Summer League. Plenty of time to still get out here. Check out that doubleheader here inside the Thomas & Mack. No uh, Richard Jefferson to a mock tonight, though. He refed that second quarter last night. Uh, wasn't good. I think he found out how tough it is. Didn't blow the whistle very much. Two times. Great. First time he made a mistake. Was quickly overruled. Second time was a pretty obvious uh, easy call. So uh, not a whole lot of stress on Richard Jefferson, but I think he learned uh, how difficult it is to officiate at this level. Uh, but let's get to it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. All right. I, I know we have this running feud between myself and Arash Markazi, our good friend of the show. He was just in town the other day. Not to, uh, is, what do they call it? You're not a wrestling guy, right? A pro wrestling guy? Not since Jordan. They call it, go, when Jordan was into it, I was. When you, uh, when, you're, when you have like a running gimmick and then you break it, it's called breaking kayfabe. Is that, that's what it's called? Something. I think that's breaking the. Breaking uh, character, basically. I, mean. that, I think that's the terminology. To go behind the scenes. Uh, Arash and I went to dinner the other night when okay. he was in Vegas. Yeah, lovely Cleaver, you, fantastic. Is it? Love that. Oh, tremendous. Well, it's, it's, our, it's herbs and rice. Sister spot of yeah, our of our great. favorite place. Uh, fantastic place. Yeah, nice nice little dinner. Went to Top Golf. Also had had a nice evening. A couple of friends hanging out, good times. That's over. I didn't get a text by the way, but anyway. I'm also well. I ran into him here, and you weren't here, so. Oh, it was one of those. Hey, let's yeah. go eat. You and uh, I. Have it's over now. It, the, Breaking up. the war is back on. Now, full disclosure, I am stopping in L.A. for a few hours on the way to, uh, to Mexico on, uh, Won't even call on Thursday. We're supposed to go out. Nope. No, not going to happen. No call, no I'm show. I'm done. He's did out. you see I did. his big idea? Yep. I'm just going to let you run with it. Well, his big idea, and the reason that it's a problem, well, not really. It's, it's good for him. He had, it's a brilliant idea, an absolutely brilliant idea that he have. Would love to see the WNBA All-Star Game regularly played in Las Vegas during the first weekend of the NBA Summer League. All-Star Game would take center stage the first Saturday and Sunday with NBA All-Stars rookies execs courtside supporting their favorite players. I think it's a great idea. It also got massive engagement. LeBron James retweeted him. Yep. Quote tweeted it. Quote tweeted it. Commented on it. Yep. A bunch of WNBA players chimed in and said, hey, great idea. NBA personnel, media. It, this has taken off. It's a great idea, right? Let me guess. Can I Can I guess what? Can I guess before you sure. tell, tell me why you're breaking up with him? Sure. It was your idea. Of course it was my idea. <laughs> no credit. There's no in parentheses CC via courtesy of. Nothing. There's no credit to Adam Hill. I do not see at Adam Hill LBR. I don't see it anywhere. We go to dinner. 
I share this brilliant idea with him. He posted on Twitter like it's his. And now he's getting all the credit in the world. And I'm assuming you went to dinner July 9th because this tweet was July 10th at 10.01 a.m. It's a good guess. Way to put that one together. Boy, I'll tell you. That Arash. This is insanity. Good idea, Arash. Way to go, buddy. I, I see no credit whatsoever given to you. I'm I'll say this. Yeah. I'll say this. He put it on Twitter. I didn't. So I guess good for him. Now let me ask you this. When you were talking about it, did you let him, did you tell him? Did you talk about it when it was here two years ago? Did you, did you explain to him what took place? No, no, no. I just said, they. I said it is absolutely preposterous that the NBA counter-programs the WNBA All-Star Game. One of their... And I know for most leagues, the, the All-Star Game is not the biggest thing. For the WNBA, it's a pretty big deal. Right. In, in terms of their regular season compared to the All-Star Game. Sure. It's a big deal. It's a big showcase. All their top talent. I said it's insane that the NBA counter-programs it. Why don't they make it a part of this? Bring it here. Have everybody here watching it. It's a, it's, it's a can't-miss idea. Because we've already seen in years past, when it was here a couple of years ago, uh, the All-Star Game. And then in general... This just happens to be, and I was talking to one of the executives. She's, she was here earlier. She went to the official watch party, wherever that's at. Um, and I asked her, I said, did they strategically or what the heck took place? Why? Usually there's at least one Aces game. The, the NBA players that come to watch their younger team. Oh, my team. God. Sabrina Nescu, is th- she's, she's giving him credit too? Yeah. So she said no. She goes, I, she goes we're, we can't even believe it. We can't. We're beside ourselves. Why? There's not even a home game during this because well, the they NBA do that players. On purpose. No, she said she said they didn't do it. Okay. No, because in the past they've had during the summer league. There's been Aces games. Yes. Matter of fact, I think there was an Aces game the night. Remember the when the earthquake delayed. Yeah. I think there was an Aces game. I, I want to say there was an Aces game that night. I. I but anyway, um, it's 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 also preposterous that there's no home games because they go to the games. LeBron showed up to those games. Kobe, R.I.P. Kobe. He was at the game. I mean. We've seen NBA players show up to these games. Good good for you, Rush. Great idea. I'm glad that this is going off and taking off nationally and everybody's commenting. And LeBron is quote-tweeting you. I'm now withdrawing all. I'm now just in defense of my Cofield Company, Hill & Homies, brethren, my guy, Adam. I'm now withdrawing all invites to shows in Pierrot's with Arash. We're no longer he, – he, he, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm boycotting Arash. Like I'm just I'm just sifting through the quote cool tweets and making sure that like we didn't get, you know, some other massive superstars talking about this. So, oh, this is this is frustrating. All right, next one. Number four. Gr- great idea, Rosh. Brilliant, Rosh. Yeah, great, great idea. Wonderful. Uh, I'm, I I can't. Uh, <laughs> That, I, I we just have to bring this up again. Nothing really new has happened necessarily. Did they just show Arash's tweet on the jumbotron? Oh no. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. The Zach Wilson story huh. is incredible. It just it just keeps continuing to get better. The memes are growing even more. It's spectacular in every way. Yep. And now people are digging back. Look, this was a thing before, but now they're cycling back through it. That. He, oh, Raiders shirt on the Jumbotron, that Zach Wilson took two, not one, but two, 
BYU cheerleaders to prom in college? First of all, college has proms? Well, no, 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 no. It was his senior prom. Oh, okay. He took two BYU cheerleaders, and that's why in the headline they capitalized it Cougars because they were gotcha. older, and gotcha. their nickname, obviously, BYU Cougars. So took two. So he had two dates for his high school senior prom, and they were uh, older. They were BYU cheerleaders. So took. So they're basically relating it to the fact that he had two older dates. I mean. The more that comes out about Zach Wilson, the more his legend continues to grow. The apparel that I'm seeing. Oh, it's great. Bombs and moms. Bombs good, and moms. Good for exactly, him. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. He's great. Everything, everything did, did about see, his story is did great. You see the, did you see the, the – But And by the, the way, the fact that he's not in the top ten of quarterbacks, that's insane. He, ought, well, he, he needs to be in the top of every ranking. Yes. Did you see the Time cover magazine? No. Person of the year, and you know how you know how it's very basic. It'll in, in a, a very clean, like a sure. almost like a a, a, a a the font. It'll have the name and then what he did. You know what the he or she did. Time person of the year. Well, that Zach Wilson. Right. That can, well, that's a that that's a that's also a shot at a certain former president who did the same thing. Well, I'm just saying. That's where that idea came from, where he hung that in his in his house in Florida, and people were like, "Wait, when? What year was that? Oh, it never happened. He had that made." So. I understand, but I'm just saying it's a very it's a fantastic. It's good. It's good. They're picking it up. Good stuff. Number three. All right, I I wanted to include this only because you sent over a story, and it triggered something in in me that I've always wondered. And I heard this debate somebody somewhere else the other day, and it. Once again, bothered me, so I want to bring it up. You sent over a list of eleven essential summer movies. Yeah, in the top eleven. Yeah. Now, my continuing puzzlement is: what is a summer movie? I don't know. Um, I don't know. What does if that it's even beca- mean? I, I don't know if it's because they release it in summer. I don't know if it's because it's it takes they take place. But in everybody the always. Acts and pretends like they know exactly. Oh, summer movie, yeah. I mean, it was a. It's like a mindless, just uh, like a a blockbuster type movie. I guess is what they're talking about. I don't really look. At, I don't look at the calendar when I select a movie to watch. No, and well, and the, here's the thing. Um, I'm wondering if you know, in 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 the way that they're putting this is, there's there are really only two. I would imagine there are only really two. Genres that was it would be genre that 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 consider so like okay what are you gonna do over the summer and you got your school well there'd be one but it'd be like K through college or your high school and then college kids with the list that they put out right that they have for the for the for their uh, eleven essential summer movies and where and where to watch them is I, I, I I'm not sure I, I care about that but no, it just caught my eye because that, you know why that's it caught the my best eye? part of a list like this because it tells you where to stream it on or it's like oh this is on Hulu or this is on right. Amazon or this right. is on Netflix right. or whatever like that's I, I want all movies that, I want all movie lists and TV show lists to do that to let you know yeah well because well I mean you got to go days, find you, it. You, these days you can talk it into your phone and it'll and, and you say watch now and it'll tell you where also these but the days. one the two. Yeah, these you a hundred? You can uh, the uh, you love when I do something like that. Uh, the two that stood out to me were in the actually headline because it was Jaws, 
which of course takes place over Fourth of July weekend, and then do the right thing in the sweltering heat in Brooklyn. Sure. I mean, which Spike Lee, by the way, was way ahead of his time with in, in talking about racial issues, and it, it's just kind of ironic that we're so still. Are, are they trying to go literal summer then? I think that's you know. I mean, here's another one: Summer of Soul. I'll throw Summer Catch in there. Summer Catch. It's a great film. That's the one with uh, Freddie Prince and Jessica Biel. Great. That's I. You know what? I was. I swear to you, I was gonna. I was gonna. There's the base. I was about to say, what's the baseball movie with Freddie Prince and Jessica Biel? And that's it. That that needs to be in. But there. we're only listing it because it says summer in the title. Like I don't, no, <laughs> I I'm listening. Well, I'm listing it because it's Jessica Biel. <laughs> it also was in the summer in the Cape Cod League. I get that part yeah, of it. Yeah. But I just I, the whole concept of what is a summer movie, drives me nuts. It always has. So that's just, that's what I wanted to bring up. Nothing else. Just get this weird hang-up in my mind. A lot of spring break Out. movies that are that that, that that aren't summery movies, but are definitely good movies. Wouldn't Ind- Independence Day would be considered a summer movie? Right? Absolutely. I guess it's named Independence Day, which is in the summer. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Uh, I don't really care what's on the list. You know, in fact, I looked did, it over. I don't think I've seen any of them. Uh, actually, did. You know what? We did not do a perfect gym. Uh, poll today. So, how about tweet at me and Adam? Tweet or tweet at the show, Cofield and Company, or tweet at ESPN. Let us know your favorite summer movie here in the final hour. Number two, uh, Aces are back in action. They are back in action. They are underway right now. Okay, it's. I believe it is still at halftime, uh, or no? Third quarter has started. Uh, Vegas is up on New York, looking for revenge. By the way. New York put a 116 spot up on them over at uh, Mandalay before the All-Star break. Vegas up with 826 left in the game, 54 to 34, absolutely putting it on them. Wait, 826 left in the third quarter? Third quarter. Okay. What did I say? You said game. Oh, sorry, yeah, in the third quarter, uh, Uh, up by 20. We'll see. I mean, we'll see if it continues. I had no doubt that the Aces were going to play really good coming out of the break. They went in ugly. Uh, not playing well on the defensive end, not sharing the ball the way that they always have. Uh, it's been not a good run uh, for for those aces, but I still have full confidence in them. Also, I, I believe they were getting a little complacent in terms of trying to figure out lineups, trying to figure out best, best uh, rotations, and just kind of experimenting a little bit instead of really focusing on winning. Uh, but I think that the message was sent of, all right, let's get back to doing what we do. Let's actually focus on the defensive end of the floor. And so I, I felt that's probably the message over the All-Star break. And it looks like so far, if that was the message, then it's true. I, so they're getting the message, I think, and it looks at least early on here. I think someone's trying uh, to send us a message with the with – the, why is getting so loud? They're turning they it just, up louder and louder. They did the Simba cam. I think they wanted you to pick me up and hold me over the set and do the Simba camp. That's not going to happen. Uh, that is that is what uh, I was going to say. That's what the Aces are doing to the Liberty. They're not really doing that. They're more, mostly throwing them down the throwing them off the top of the throwing mountain. them over the yeah, like uh, Scar did. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're still confident in the Aces going forward, right? That they're no, no, absolutely. They lost five of seven. It was because of defensive collapses. They just you know, I think that other teams were catching up. I think other teams were getting better. You know, New York had started off like one and seven or something like that, and then they 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 won eight of. 
13. Uh, you know, they're closing in Minnesota. I remember when Minnesota was 0-4, they came here 1-4, and and Becky said that was not an 0-4 team that we played. That was a 1-0 team because they came in off of a win with their full roster. Teams are going to start getting better. Remember, a lot of the players were getting players back that were overseas, and you see that. You see the parity. And let's face it, the Aces, you know, they started off 9-1, 13-2. They were not going to continue. They Teams were going to figure out how to play. They had to make the adjustments. That's someone asked me the other day. It's like, well, why can't Becky Hammond turn around and make the adjustments? Well, there, she's going to, but you don't abandon something immediately. Right. Now, all of a sudden, they're seeing, you know, they're seeing what they need to do. They needed this break, and they'll be fine. I also, and listen, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't follow the WNBA as closely as like the NFL or you know, or you know, baseball even. Uh, but I will say that there, I do follow the Aces fairly closely. I, I have felt for the last month that she's been enjoying getting blown out. And it, as weird as that sounds, like obviously she's like losing. She's very competitive. But early in the season, they were beating everybody and doing things, some things really, really bad. Yeah. There was things that they weren't doing well at all and getting away with it and blowing teams out and winning every game. And I think it was tough for her as a first-time coach to get a message across that, hey, I know that you're the best team in the league by, the, by record, but this is not going to be sustainable. The mistakes that you're making are not going to be able to – be overcome all year long right and i think that there was a point where that message wasn't getting through because they just kept winning well i think one of the messages that got through also was their first three losses were to the top of the eastern conference they were beating up on everybody right and then as other teams and then seattle you know they got better and, and they got stronger remember they got sue bird um and and brianna stewart and they just got tina charles signed right I think right now, or going into the break, the way that everyone was playing, Seattle was, was the best team in the Western Conference. And in the East, it was the Chicago Sky. But other teams, you know, as I said, they were getting better. Now, all of a sudden, they're losing games to Minnesota and New York, who were improving. It, they, those were the eye-openers that this team needed. Asia came into the press conference after that Liberty loss and said, we need a break, not from just the game, but from one another. Because they probably got tired of going in the locker room and being frustrated with one another. So, you know, the All-Star break, they didn't necessarily get a break from one another because there were four of them were there, yeah. and then others were attending. So, I mean, um, we'll see what happens if they can carry it out. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll continue to monitor uh, this game as it wears on to see if the Aces hold on. Big lead uh, as we wear on here in the third quarter as they try to put away the New York Liberty, get a revenge for that game before the All-Star break and start the second half off on a positive note. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. How today's game go? How they setting everything up to make this guy be our guy? We want to make this guy win. We want to make this for this guy. Like, no. No way, Pop. I didn't see it. Found out later that these people didn't even want to draft me. The Raiders? Yeah. So I kind of felt like, damn, maybe that's why all the jiving this went on. But I don't know who to say. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from NBA Summer League. I was former Raider, Jamarcus Russell, on The Pivot. Fantastic podcast. Man, they are crushing it with some of the guests that they're getting on recently and some of the stuff that they're getting out of them uh, so another great one haven't checked out the whole episode but the clips that i've seen 
are very good, and I'll obviously be listening to that uh, very soon. Uh, we were just talking about the Aces. I do want to finish up the point. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like we did a lot of talking yesterday about the tiny trophy uh, that Kelsey Plum got for the MVP award. Uh, and we, our reaction, me and John Vontobel was here yesterday. Today it's uh, myself, Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez. Uh, our take was, why has Kelsey, Kelsey Plum is hilarious. She's outspoken. She's not afraid to say anything. Why has she not commented on this? Why has she not done anything? Well, she did. And it was spurred on by some of her teammates and uh, to get an update on exactly what happened in a little bit. But she did finally on social media have some very hilarious content about uh, the tiny WNBA MVP trophy that she won the other day. So uh, get back to that in a couple of minutes and uh, see what her teammates had to say. They had a good time with the uh, tiny trophy picture and uh, reenacting that a little bit. Uh, we're getting to some, going to get into some AFC West in a couple of minutes. Ryan Harris will join us. But before we get to that, uh, just want to point out a couple of stories that have gone on in the NFL. First, uh, I was just mentioned, I believe, a couple minutes ago by uh, one of our guests, either Sam or Miles, but uh, Nikhil Harry was traded to the Bears. Interesting move, former first-round pick. Uh, hasn't quite panned out, I think, the way a lot of people hoped he would in New England. Uh, obviously, a couple of different systems, a couple of different quarterbacks that he's had there. Uh, but there is still something intriguing about his athleticism, his size, his, his abilities. Uh, the Bears will give it a try. does seem to fit a little bit better what Justin Fields does. Uh, I think you know he'll, he'll probably be a viable uh, connection uh, with him, so we'll see how that kind of pans out, that trade made Nikhil Harry goes to the Bears. I know probably uh, some fantasy people might be interested in that. Uh, the replacement for Allen Robinson, uh, who's been very productive no matter who the system or the quarterback was, uh, is Nikhil Harry, who has not always been completely successful. So monitor that situation uh, up in Chicago. And we, we're, we're leading to this, mentioning it a couple times earlier in the show. But the, the NFL is an 11-month season. This month that they are off, which is right now, until uh, Raiders are back in camp, the 18th for the rookies, 20th for the veterans. But this month is when guys tend to, if they're going to get in trouble, this is about when they get in trouble because there's nothing else going on. They have no practice. They, are, they don't have to be in town. This is the month they go on vacations and kind of you know, get away from the grind every day, which you need to do. But it is the, is the time of year, most of the, most of the time, that you start to monitor if something's going to happen. And there is something, I think, to a little bit of a trend. There's been a couple of guys who have gotten in trouble the last couple of days. Uh, Dwayne Brown was arrested for alleged gun possession. Uh, that wasn't in Vegas. David Moore was arrested. That wasn't in Vegas. But I thought that all these guys were only getting in trouble in Vegas. I thought Vegas was the problem. I thought Vegas was the issue. The NFL coming to Vegas ruined everything. And Vegas is going to be where everybody gets in trouble, and nobody's ever gotten in trouble before. That's silly. And, by the way, if you think that the NFL is some out-of-control league where everybody's getting in trouble all the time, that's ridiculous. Look at the stats. It's insane uh, to think that th th they get arrested or in trouble more than the general population. That's just silly. Uh, but it's certainly not Las Vegas' issue. Uh, that is not – it's never been the case. It never will be the case. That's a ridiculous take on how it goes. So uh, just keep that in mind when you're – when you make these blanket statements during the season that, oh, Vegas, got to go to Vegas, get in trouble. Yeah, anywhere, LAX, Seattle, whatever, it could happen anywhere. So 
take it easy with your uh, hot Vegas takes during the season. We do want to get some hot takes on the AFC West. Who's going to win it? Who could be in trouble? Who could take a big step forward? What player could be key? We're going to get into that and everything about the AFC West coming up, previewing the season, training camp's opening just around the corner. Uh, Ryan Harris, good friend of the show, joins us. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Wilson's got to be everything they thought he is and can be. And then it's going to be one of those deals. Who avoids that key injury to a key player that takes away your big plan, you know, of the offseason? The general consensus, even among the folks with the Broncos, is that you're going to have to score a lot of points. Now back to Cofield and Company, live from NBA Summer League. It is Cofield and Company on this Tuesday. Courtside, Thomas and Mack at the NBA Summer League. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez. Hill and his homies edition of Cofield and Company. The Hawks pulled away. Heat had a big run, but the Hawks now up 82-73 here in the fourth quarter. Try to get that final into you before the end of the show. Uh, It's coming up, but we're really excited to talk uh, football, particularly the AFC West, with Ryan Harris, who joins us on the show. How are you doing, sir? Good, Adam. Thanks for having me, my friend. Of course, man. Uh, like I know we've, we've talked about this before. We're talking about it with everyone. But the, Notre Dame is really, really intriguing to me uh, before we get to some NFL stuff about what, what is going to happen with them. I think it changes every day, kind of the, the, the winds of where everybody's going to end up. But eventually, are they going to have to relent and join a conference full time? Well, hold on a second. I thought Notre Dame wasn't relevant anymore. How amazing is this? <laughs> so, no, but you know, I think at the end of the day, it would take it would take the Big Ten, you know, to do a deal that they wouldn't offer anybody else. They have to offer Notre Dame the rights to negotiate their home game television, um, and that could happen. You know, they could say, "Hey, you're free to negotiate whatever you want for your home games, and we'll take all the away games." And here we go. You know, and, and Jack Swarbrick said for years, the athletic director at Notre Dame, that it makes financial sense to be in the Big Ten for the other sports, right? I mean, you're flying to Blacksburg, Virginia, to play lacrosse or volleyball. That's a, that's a little bit different than driving to Indiana or, you know, any of the, you know, Big Ten teams that you could get to by bus. So I think financially it makes sense, but, you know, what people forget, I mean, Notre Dame gets a ton of money every year from NBC. They hold all of their ticket revenue all of the merchandise revenue, and yeah, maybe they miss a little bit on bowl games, but I'll tell you what, I mean, they make money everywhere they go, so uh, Notre Dame's not hurting for cash, and, uh, and that, that at the end of the day is going to be it's going to be a question of whether or not they can still have a carve-out for their home games, and if that happens, then I don't think there's any way they don't join the Big Ten. Well, and, and let me let me ask you this, because right now I think you're right that they have enough leverage and that they're, they're their own entity and they can do a TV deal on their own and they don't need that other aspect. But my philosophy and my theory has, on this has always been the same, and I don't think it's changed based on recent events. We're going to have four major conferences between 16 and, and 18 or 20 teams, and I think they're going to break off from the NCAA. And if, if, if that does happen at that point, if Notre Dame still is being, you know, I don't want to say stubborn, but if they're still saying, hey, we're Notre Dame and we're going to do our own thing, if you don't have opponents, does that still work? Listen, everybody's going to play Notre Dame still. 
a world in college football where people don't want to play Notre Dame is not a world that exists on this planet. You know what I'm saying? So okay. uh, I get what you I get what you mean, but at the end, at the end of the day, the the trigger might actually be the fact that you can't get a first round by unless you're a conference champion when the new college football playoff rules change. And in that situation, then Notre Dame, you know, has to play, you know, in that kind of championship world. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Notre Dame's independence is something that sustained this SEC being formed, the Big 12, the Pac-12, the Pac-10. I mean, how many times do we have to do this? And it's so interesting to me that everybody wants Notre Dame. What is it that the Big Ten wants Notre Dame for, I ask you, Adam? Uh, money. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, as long as Notre Dame makes schools money, <laughs> everybody's going to be playing Notre Dame. Sure. And uh, Notre Dame will be in Vegas uh, this year, so we're, we're excited about that. We're going to go uh, check that out for sure. Uh, a lot of big games will be in Vegas, not only Notre Dame, but also some major AFC West games. As we're getting closer to the season, I mean, how, how excited are you for what this AFC West could look like? Because we've talked about it all off season, but it's all been on paper. And now we're getting ready for training camp. It's going to be quite a race in this division. It, I, I don't know how anybody misses an AFC West game. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, who are you yeah. going to miss? The, the Raiders, Chargers? No chance. The Chargers, Chiefs? No chance. Chargers, Broncos? You know, so, I mean, you have the best quarterbacks in a division league-wide. And what I love is that Russell Wilson knew that and said, I'm coming anyways. And you have to have that kind of confidence to win in the NFL. And let's, let's face it, if you win the AFC West, who can't you beat, right? Who can't you outscore? So this might yeah. be one of those deals where, you know, the, the, the division winner is, you know, 3-3 three and three with a tiebreaker after the divisional games, but then goes on to host the, the championship, right? So that's, that's what's amazing. And I'll tell you something, you guys getting Devontae Adams, that's a huge get. And I, I can't wait to see what Derek Carr does. He's been underrated his whole career, and I just hope Josh McDaniels doesn't screw it up for you guys. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I mean, coming from Denver, I think uh, I think we can uh, understand where, the, where that is coming from uh, for sure. And, and listen, it's a new coach, and it's a very hard schedule. So there are things that could go wrong for the Raiders team, no doubt. Just like I think all the teams, every team in the division has certain question marks that, as good as they are on paper, could go completely the wrong way. What do you, what do you think it is for the Broncos? What could go wrong for the Broncos uh, in in this year? Where they have a lot of a lot of good options on paper, it looks good. The roster looks good right now. But what could go wrong? The number one thing will be accountability by first-time head coach Nathaniel Hackett. The one thing NFL coaches miss their first time around almost all the time is how to be accountable to your team. And what that sounds like is, yes, I'm going to coach you, Adam, on what you did wrong in this game. We're going to work on it on Monday. But also, hey guys, this is where I messed up. I called a bad play here. And players need that because when it becomes too much of you didn't execute this, you didn't do it right, it's like, well, coach, you also called three crappy plays. Like, are we going to talk about that too? Or what kind of world are we living in? (laughs) Great coaches understand that they're a part of the team. It's not their team. And that's going to be the big key for the Broncos. Will Nathaniel Hackett be able to show accountability and keep the respect of his team throughout the year? That and injuries, of course, with every NFL team. But that's the big thing with the Broncos. Will Nathaniel Hackett be accountable? And I believe he can be and will be. So we mentioned McDaniels. We mentioned Hackett. When I ask this question to people of what could go wrong for each of the teams, for, for the Chargers, people say, 
Well, it's Staley and his recklessness. I always fight back. <laughs> I I love what he does. I love I love his approach. Uh, is that is that the big question mark for the Chargers? Somebody let him know you can kick field goals, please. Right? I mean, especially <laughs> in the first half. But you know, at, at the same time, I mean, I got to call the Chiefs Chargers game on Thursday night last year with Westwood one, and to a T, the players I know on that on that team love Brand love the coach. So. They're excited about playing for him, and, and he's got a great coaching staff there too. So the, and the other thing, that the only thing I don't get for the Chargers, they really didn't get a great backup running back for Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, I know it's, it sounds strange, but he's getting there in age to the point of a running back. Right? That's a lot of hits, a lot of wear and tear. They play on turf at home. That affects guys. So you need somebody to spell Austin Eckler so that you can get him into February and hopefully win a championship. It's a lot of hits as a running back, it's, it, and he takes just as many as a receiver. He's catching like 100 passes a year. <laughs> well, that's the game now. You know, it's no longer you, – you can yeah. no longer just be a runner. Just like a lineman can't be a run blocker or a pass blocker. You have to be the best – your best at both. And Austin Eckler, I think, is one of the best players – most underrated players in the NFL. I did see uh, – you know, in terms of Raiders news, I did see you uh, retweeted the story of – the new president of the team, Sandra Douglas Morgan, uh, I, I know around the league it's been hailed as a historic hire, and I, I, I think that's very true and very uh, deserving of getting attention. But I think what's being overlooked is how unbelievably remarkable she is and how insanely impressive her career has been. Like, this is a very impressive candidate. I don't know what it does for a team on the field to have a president that's that's very stable and very uh, sharp and brilliant at what she does, but uh, it's good for the organization to have somebody like her at the helm. Absolutely, and you said it. Look how phenomenal she is. I mean, that's how you have to be to be a pioneer, and that's not just as a woman or a person of color. When you're breaking a barrier, you have to be the best. So hats off to her for just being great when no one was looking for over a, over 15 years, right? And this is a bigger thing because it does matter to players on the field. You want to believe in the overall organization of the NFL. And for players in, in the locker room, you haven't been able to see representation that tells you that the NFL understands this is a diverse world getting more diverse. And not only her hiring, but you know, Condoleezza Rice joined the ownership team along with Melody Hobson uh, uh, for the Broncos. And this is what players want to see. So I, hats off to the NFL. We have to do a better job as a society of congratulating people's efforts and change and no question, this has been one of the greatest off-seasons of change in the NFL in its history. Awesome. Great, great stuff. Ryan Harris, make sure you follow him up on Twitter. And I was you can be seen everywhere. I'm seeing clips of you, like every media outlet, doing breakdown analysis, and it's great every single time. We appreciate it. Keep up the good work, man. Thanks, Adam. Talk to you later. Go Irish. Yes, sir. There you go. Uh, the, the Irish will be, about, will be out here uh, in Vegas playing BYU as well, so I'm sure he'll be paying very, very close attention to that. Uh, before we step away here for a second, I wanted to make sure to – I'm just filling time to find this. Sorry, here we go. Uh, Rise Against Friday night, Zappos Theater, Planet Hollywood. Rise Against, tickets on sale, Ticketmaster.com. The show is on Friday. You can buy tickets, but also you can win them. Two to Caller 5 right now, 364-1100. 364-1100, Caller 5. You're going to see Rise Against. 
Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Cofield and Company presents. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Pick your hand in there, Dave. Wrapping things up here from Summer League. Again, a minute seven left. Hawks 91. Now 93 84. So looks like they're going to get the victory here over the Heat at Thomas and Mack. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez closing things out on this Tuesday. You can hear me in the morning tomorrow. I'll be at 7 a.m. So I'll still be awake, I think. You just roll right through. It's going to be tough because I have to work all day tomorrow, too. So I don't know, what I'm, I don't know how I'm going to play this. It's going to be a tough decision. I have a 5.30 a.m. hike scheduled. Okay. Then an 8.20 chiropractor visit. All right. Well, usually I would stay up all night and then do the show and then sleep after the show. But I will have to be – I'm actually doing a NPR hit, I think, tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm going to do that in the afternoon and then be here at Summer League all day. So we'll figure that out. But hear me in the morning with Q and then hear Willie with JVT in the afternoon from out here at Summer League. Uh, I didn't let you respond a minute ago. Um, I was I was in a rant about Kelsey Plum and her trophy, and I didn't let you answer, and I know you were excited about it. Uh, we talked yesterday extensively about Kelsey, Plum, Kelsey Plum's tiny WNBA MVP trophy, and me and JVT were dumbfounded that she had not posted something on social media to joke about it, make fun yeah. of it, <laughs> and she finally did. She posted a video that was taken by, I believe, uh, well, Teresa Plaisance was in it. Yeah, and Kelsey, she was Kelsey handy, videoed it. She videoed it. Uh, we were trying to figure out. the, the per- I mentioned earlier that I was talking to someone with the Aces who was here. She's working with the Summer League because um, she doesn't travel with the team. Um, and we were talking about it. And I said, do you think that Sid Colson scripted it? She said, oh, no, no, no. That was definitely Teresa because she is the, actually the funniest person in the locker room because um, Sid does stand-up comedy. But it is fantastic if you have not seen the video of the parody of of uh, almost like their Saturday night, Saturday night living the trophy presentation. I believe it is on Kelsey's it's on her Instagram Twitter, story. On her Instagram story, but did she tweet it? Somebody, oh, maybe. I, might, I just saw it on Instagram. Yeah, definitely on Instagram. Um, it is hilarious. And they mock it, obviously. I think they hand De'Erica Hamby like a, a juice box or something to, to sort of say, here's your MVP trophy. Yeah. And held it up. It was like a, it looked like a Capri Sun. Yeah. So it was, yeah, yeah that's it, a Capri Sun. Um, some of the comments were great. Like, well, at least she got Cracker Jacks with it, right? You know? Sure, yeah. And fill, up the, fill up the bowl, some popcorn maybe. It's nice. It's not bad at all. But, yeah, it was, it was a cool accomplishment. Uh, very good for Kelsey to win, but obviously the memes and jokes about the tiny trophy uh, were enough to get her to respond. She probably, the first couple hours, didn't want to, you know, make too many waves at the WNBA and kind of make fun of it. But everybody was talking about it, so you have to, you have to respond. If there's one part, yeah, and if there's one person you could expect to have some snark to her, yeah, that it's going to be Kelsey Plum because I mean, this is someone who quote tweeted about a month ago a tweet that was put out. It was a graphic with a quote about how the WNBA has steadily done heavy marketing on her, because, in her words, because she's white and she's straight. And then 
and and then she said and that's why I blocked him. She quoted the person that tweeted the graphic with the with the with the pull quote and said, "FYI, still blocked." <laughs> so she is not necessarily fond of the league, and she's made comments about the still the traveling practices. Somebody asked about the the blowout loss against Minnesota, and she said, "Yeah, well, you know, when you leave at six a.m. and arrive at six p.m." It was supposed to be a two and a half, three hour flight. You know, they're flying commercial. So she is, she is, uh, she's real. She's not only having a breakout season on the court, she's having a breakout season on the dais. And uh, is about to make a whole lot of money uh, for, by WNBA standards for sure. Yep. Uh, this offseason, we'll see where she ends up. I know everybody here hopes it's here, but Seattle seems like a pretty logical destination for her as well. And she's having a, that, she's always been great. But she is having that breakout next-level season at the right time, uh, personally, for her career. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, Rob Gronkowski. Oh, boy. Has once again doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down, quintupled down, sextupled down. I mean, how many times are we going to do that? I'm just showing off how many words I know for times. Uh, he said he's not coming back. He's done. He's retired. He's lying. You're, you're banking on him being back. He's lying. When, when, when? I, the, I, th- I guess the question then is, not if. When do you expect this to take place? Training camp, first week of preseason, second week. It's not going to be training camp. I mean, I think. Yeah, uh, maybe a week before the season, two weeks before the season. He he told us that he already told us this. He talked about it in that barber shop. I don't. I don't think anything's changed. If you if people don't remember the video, he went into a barbershop right after the season, and somebody said, "Are you going to come back?" And he said, "No, I'm going to pretend to be retired, really make Tom sweat it, and then come back at the last minute to kind of get him back for what he did or whatever." He said this. He's coming back. I don't think anything's changed. I mean, maybe he just had such a great summer that he just said, "I want to keep this going and you know not not worry about anything else," but. He's coming back. Is there a way that we can find out? Because he's got to register, right? He's got to alert the NFL. He's got to go into the NFL registry that he's retired. Well, he hasn't retired yet. Yeah. Oh, to, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that I mean, hasn't happened. He's left himself. If, that's, just if, paper, if, that's just paperwork. Though. No, but if you're, if you're adamant and you're saying, I'm not coming back, I'm not coming back, then why haven't you done that yet? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, the whole – got to file just, your paperwork. Well, again, you just unfile it. Like, it's not – it's not even that much of a thing. It's not like in like in the UFC if you retire and then you you're out of the pooling, uh, you're out of the testing pool. Then you have to announce it and spend six months testing again before you can come back. It's not really like that in the NFL. It'll I understand all that where you can unretire very easily. You submit yeah. your paperwork, you can unretire. I get it. But what I'm saying is he hasn't do- he hasn't made that step. Well, maybe he has. I don't think we. I don't think we. It's because it's such not a big deal. Anybody? I don't know. Who knows what's going on? I just know that he's playing. Okay. Whatever the procedures are, whatever the craziness is, like he's going to play. You know who's going to play as we close this out? It's a rematch of organizations, not necessarily of rosters, but coming up out here at the Thomas and Mac at the Summer League. The Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics have taken the court for warm-ups as they get ready for tonight's game. Championship rematch. In the main arena, you if you will. You think the Celtics 
will feel feel good about getting vengeance if they win the summer league game? Yeah, sure. The rookies say, see what we were able to do against their rookies. Look and around and, you know, hey, we might have lost the championship, but we won the summer league matchup. That's sure. nice. Well, that, that'll do it for us. You can hear Willie again tomorrow here with JVT from out at the summer league. I'll be on with Q, I think, in the morning. Uh, we will bring this rosiness and this excitement to the morning show. Bright, wake up bright and early with us. Uh, thanks to all of our guests, Ryan Harris, Sam Paniotovich, Miles Simmons. I mean, somebody was on at 3 o'clock. I don't remember who. Darren Millard, I think it was. It was a long time ago. I've heard a lot of noises. It's been a lot of time since then, so I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but thanks to all of them. Great job. I'm already back in the studio for Willie, Mateo, everyone out here. It was a great time. Make sure you get out. Summer League tonight, Warriors and Celtics right now. Lakers, Clippers later on. Enjoy the day. Talk to you guys later.